Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam. I trust you're having a good day. Uh, this is the 22nd lesson in our series on the reality of redemption. We talked about the power of the new birth and we talked about what God has wrought in us through Jesus Christ. And then we have spent quite a number of lessons on the subject of healing, how Jesus bore our diseases, carried our pains. And we have spoken about, uh, uh, about the healing ministry of Jesus. We dwelt quite a bit on that. And yesterday we talked about the whipping post and the cross. Uh, where Jesus actually became our substitute and bore our sins and carried our diseases, physical and mental. And by his stripes, we were healed. And today we're going to talk about, uh, um, about God's miracle power working in us and through us. We're going to talk about who we are in Christ and what God has worked in us. That's also a part of redemption, who we are in Christ and how God wants to flow through us. Uh, but before we do that, I want to share a testimony with you like I've done every evening. And this is from a crusade in um, one of the towns in Zambia, in southern Zambia. I believe it was Mazabuka, if I remember correctly, because this was many years ago. And we were holding this crusade and one night uh, a man came pushing a wheelbarrow. He came right through the crowd and came right to the front. Uh, we always have the space in front where we, uh, where we have the sick come in, so we pray for the sick. So he came right and, and parked the wheelbarrow in front of me. And I, I looked, our platform is about eight feet high. So, you know, when I'm up there, I see everything, get a direct view of everything. And I saw on the wheelbarrow, they looked like what uh, was a pile of rags. But it wasn't actually a pile of rags. I saw uh, two very thin arms, a little like a shrunken head and a, and a pair of legs. And it was a, a fully grown man, but he had shrunk and emaciated to... He was like, uh, you know, like a pile of rags and bones. And uh, what I didn't know, I found out later on that this guy was one of the main witch doctors in, in Mazabuka. And he had gotten sick and gotten like this and he was dying and nobody could help him. And the man pushing uh, the wheelbarrow was his friend, another witch doctor, well-known witch doctor. So anyway, they, they came right there and uh, I preached and then I began to pray for the sick. And as I prayed, the power of God came over the crowd and uh, and this this man, suddenly he began to stir. I saw one arm move, then the other arm, then one leg, then the other leg and slowly he he stood up out of the wheelbarrow. He came, then he he was shaking and he sat at the edge of the wheelbarrow. Then he stood up and he slowly began to walk and he walked faster and faster. Then he began to run and the crowd went crazy because they knew who this man was. And we had an amazing move of God. And then when I, uh, you know, all, all the sinners who were there, they began to throw stolen things and uh, uh, stolen goods and uh, people began to throw bottles of alcohol and tobacco and packets of drugs and and uh, uh, it was amazing you know uh, stolen watches and I mean things they began to throw and then the next day a whole bunch of these witch doctors came carrying all their different paraphernalia they used uh, for for witchcraft and uh, what happened was that we filled two 
40 gallon oil drums with these things and we set them on fire and we had a great move of God in Mazabuka. We had a powerful move of God. And so, you know, just that one miracle triggered that fantastic move of God in that town. Beloved, we serve a miracle working God and for him, nothing is impossible and miracles are an integral part of the gospel. Uh, the gospel is filled with miracles and if we preach the gospel, if we preach Christ crucified, if we preach to the people what Jesus did for us upon the cross, miracles follow the message. Praise God. Anyway, so today I'm going to talk about God's miracle working power in us and through us, what God has done for us in Christ. And I want to read to you from Ephesians 1 verses 19 and 20. It says, so that you may know and understand. This is God wants us to know and to understand. What is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believed as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Now, you see, the, the, uh, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, I mean, was the, was the, you can say it was the greatest miracle God ever did on this earth because Christ was dead and, and, uh, and, and the devil wanted him dead because if Jesus was dead, the devil had won. And so the resurrection of Jesus Christ was the, was the one act of God that was resisted more, uh, I should say more resisted by the devil than any other act of God in human history because everything stood and fell with the resurrection of Christ. If Christ was dead, and, uh, and the devil could keep him there, then the devil thought he had won. But if Jesus Christ rose again from the dead, then God had won and the devil had lost. And so that is why the resurrection of Jesus was, so, was such a powerful event because when God sent his power, it says he was raised, Jesus Christ was raised by the glory of God. <coughs> Sorry, when God sent his power, to raise Jesus from the dead, there was such an unleashing of the power of God that not only was Jesus raised from the dead, but there was an earthquake and 500 other people were also raised from the dead. The Bible says there were other 500 people who were raised from the dead. There was such an unleashing of resurrection power that the entire cemetery rose up from the dead. So you can imagine the level of demonic resistance and to counter that, the level to which God poured out his power. So that power that was unleashed when God raised Jesus from the dead and not only raised him from the dead, but raised him up and took him up to glory where he sat at the right hand of the Father. So you can think that the power of God that was unleashed in raising people, uh, raising Jesus Christ from the dead and then to take him up to heaven and seat him at the right hand of God, it says that that power, that immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of that power is in us and for us who believed. 
May God give us a revelation of this, that what we are talking about, um, the new birth, the power of the new birth, and the surpassing greatness of the power of God that is in us. It says the immeasurable, this power cannot be measured. It's immeasurable, it's unlimited, and it's surpassing in its greatness. And this power is in us and for us who believe. And this is the same power with which God raised up Jesus from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is shouting territory. Praise God. Hallelujah. Then it says, Ephesians 2 verses 6 to 7, and he raised us up together with him and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ Jesus. He did this that he might clearly but demonstrate through the ages to come the immeasurable limitless surpassing riches of his free grace, his unmerited favor and his kindness and goodness of heart towards us in Christ Jesus. So here it says that not in the previous verse in Ephesians 1, it, I talked about the immeasurable, the great surpassing power that is in us and for us who believe. And that power was demonstrated when God raised us, uh, raised, you know, raised up Jesus Christ from them. But here it says, that God has raised up together with him and made us sit down together with him in heavenly places. Now, which, which actually means this, that in the eyes of God, the act of God with which you and I got saved and the act of God with which he raised up Jesus Christ from the dead are the one and same act of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? That in the eyes of God, him raising Jesus from the dead and him raising us out of sin and raising up Jesus so that Jesus ascended to heaven and sat at the right hand of God and that God raised us up together, not separately, but together in symbiosis with him and seated us together in his right hand in Christ Jesus. That is the one and the same act of God. So beloved, your new birth is a miraculous act of God. And not only are you and I born again, but we are also seated together with Jesus Christ in heavenly places. So when God raised Jesus from the dead, he raised you and me from the dead. When God took Jesus up to heaven, seated him at his right hand side, he did the same to us. So although physically we are here on earth in the spirit, in the eyes of God, you and I have been raised together with Christ and we are seated together in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. In heavenly places. And we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And the reason he did this so that in the ages to come, he wants to show us his immeasurable, limitless, surpassing riches of his free grace his unmerited favor in his kindness and goodness of heart towards us in Christ Jesus. God did this because in the days to come, he wants to show you the limitless riches of his grace and his mercy and his goodness towards you and me. Beloved, God is not against us. He's not trying to cramp your style or putting you down. He's not. 
He has raised us up together in Christ Jesus and his wonderful power is, is at work in our lives and, and, and for us and we must learn to take a hold of them. Religion, religion will keep you at a place where you say, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. That's where religion will keep you. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. That means I've just made it out. You know, just thank God I made it out and I'm saved. I'm saved and that's where I stay there because I'm just close to the line, you know. I'm just a sinner saved by grace, but that's not where God wants us to stay. He doesn't want us to stay sinners saved by grace, but he wants us to ascend together and take our, with Christ Jesus and take our place in Christ together with him in heavenly places with his power working in us and for us. Hallelujah. Then, it says here, Romans 8, 11, and if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will also restore to life your mortal, short-lived, perishable bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now, this is very, very powerful and interesting because the first thing we have to understand, this body is mortal. It's a mortal body. No matter how much you take care of it. I know many, you know, people do plastic surgery to keep themselves looking young. They don't know how to age gracefully. And, and you know, people do hair transplants. People do uh, tummy tucks and what, whatever else. They want to, you know, people don't want to let go of life. And they, they want to be younger and younger. And people do everything to prolong, you know. But the thing is this, that listen. Uh, we have a set time on this earth and the and Bible says 70 to 80 years shall the days length of a man's days be and you might live older you might make it 80 90 100 but what I'm saying there comes a play time when it is it is time to go there always comes a time behind so our so this because this body no matter how well you take care of it and feed it on and you know all that and keep it uh, it is mortal. That means it has a it has a shelf life and after it is gone. And so this body is a mortal body. He says, but if that same spirit, the resurrection power of Jesus, if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us, that Holy Spirit dwells in us, he shall he shall restore to life our mortal, our short-lived perishable bodies through his Holy Spirit that lives in you. That means that although our bodies are mortal and it, it won't be around forever, but the fact that the Holy Spirit dwells in us, it rejuvenates, it keeps on energizing us and giving us life and health. And this is something we have to lay claim on. We have to say, Holy Spirit, do your work in me. Rejuvenate my life and make me strong again and let your healing power work in me. We must give the Holy Spirit, allow him to do his healing and restorative work in us because we do have enough of that resurrection life in us to keep us alive and keep us healthy and well. And then it's time to go. It's time to go. I mean, uh, you know what I'm saying? We're not going to live forever in this mortal body, but the Holy Spirit is at work in us 
and it says that he shall in 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 in, the, in King James it says he shall strengthen our mortal bodies, and here in the Amplified says he shall restore to life our mortal short-lived bodies. So although our bodies are mortal and short-lived, they are not in the hands of the devil; they're in the hands of God because we are temples of the Holy Spirit, and we should say, Holy Spirit, I am your temple; you dwell in me. So I ask you to give me enough strength to fulfill your will, to preach your gospel, so that I may serve you and fulfill my calling on this life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, in Acts 1.1, let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 1, and it begins with this. It says, uh, in the former account of Theophilus, Acts was written by Luke, and he's writing to someone called Theophilus. He says, in the former account which I prepared of Theophilus, that means he's talking about the gospel of Luke. He says, in the former account, the gospel of Luke, I made a continuous report dealing with all the things with that with Jesus began to do and to teach. So the Gospels are an account of what Jesus began to do and to teach. The book of Acts is an account of what Jesus continued to do and to teach through his apostles. Are you with me? So the Gospels, the, the story of Jesus does not end with the Gospels. It continues in the book of Acts. So uh, it, it shouldn't really be called in my, that's my thing. You know, I always joke with my friends. I said, it shouldn't be called the book of Acts. It should be called the book of the Acts. It shouldn't be called the book of the Acts of the Apostles, as it is called. We should be called the book of the Acts of Jesus through the Apostles, because that's what it is, because Jesus continued to speak and to do his mighty works. And um, Hebrews 13, 8, uh, the writer of the Hebrews says that Jesus Christ is always the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means Jesus Christ has never changed. He is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And for the past 2000 years, the Lord Jesus has still been the same and he has never changed. Amen. Then in John 14, 12, these are the words of Jesus. And he said to his disciples, I assure you, most solemnly, I tell you, if anyone steadfastly believes in me, he will himself be able to do the things that I do. And he will do even greater things than these because I go to the Father. Now, this is what Jesus said. This is what he said. He said, he who believes in me steadfastly will do the same things that I do. And he will do even greater things than these uh, because I go to the Father. Now, I, I can tell you this. Uh, I have seen uh, um, every single ministry uh, miracle that Jesus did, except for two, uh, three. I have not walked on water. I have not multiplied bread and fish. And I have not seen water turn into wine. Other than these three, I've seen every other miracle that's in the Bible. So I still haven't seen all the miracles, right? I've seen the, the rest. But so I'm saying this because some people ask, what are the greater miracles that we shall do, greater miracles than Jesus? I honestly don't know because uh, I still am busy trying to do the things that Jesus did. And when I've done all, then we can talk about it. Then I'll begin to figure out what those greater things are. So that's not for us to try to figure out what the greater miracles are when we haven't even done what Jesus did. We should be, we should, we should take this very seriously because Jesus said, he who believes in me steadfastly shall do the same things that I do. Hallelujah. 
Just think of it that we who believe in Jesus, we who believe in him steadfastly, we should do the same miracles that Jesus did. Those miracles, Christ Jesus living, working in us and through us. That's what it is. Jesus Christ living in us and Jesus Christ living through us, doing his mighty work. So today, you and I are the continuation of the works of Jesus upon this earth. Jesus wants to continue to do his works upon this earth and he wants to do them through us. Hallelujah. And then it says in Mark 16 verses 15 to 20, and he said, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach and uh, preach and publish openly the good news, the gospel to every creature. He who believes uh, and is baptized will be saved. And he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs shall accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They shall pick up serpents. Even if, even, and even if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere while the Lord kept working with them and confirming the message by the attesting signs and miracles that closely accompanied it. Now, I'll, I'll be brief. Now, these are, these are the last verses of the book of, 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 the, of the gospel of Mark. And, and Jesus basically, he gives them a commandment. He says them go into all the world, not a specific geographical area, but he gives them gives the church a mandate to reach the entire world. He said, go and preach the gospel to into all the world, to every creature, whoever is out there all over the world, preach the gospel. And then he says, this is what's going to happen. Those who believe that message, they'll be saved. Those who don't will be condemned. Then he says, but these signs shall follow them that believe. See, when you go, these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall only follow them that believe. And then he says, the first one is, they shall cast out demons. Now, casting out demons is the first sign that should follow the believer. We should be casting out demons. Then it says, they shall speak with with new tongues. We shall speak with other tongues and we shall speak with new tongues. They say they shall pick up serpents. And even if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. Then they will lay their hands upon the sick and they will get well. You see that? He says they will lay their hands upon the sick and when they do that, they will get well. It doesn't say they might get well. It says they will get well. And you see, Faith is taking the words of God literally. If you don't take it literally, then you'll say, okay, we'll lay hands on the sick and let's see if it's God's will to heal uh, because sometimes we don't understand. I, I hear people talk like that who call themselves Pentecostals. They say, well, sometimes it's God's will to heal. heal. He told us to lay hands on the sick. We'll lay hands on the sick and sometimes it's God's will to heal and sometimes it isn't and we don't understand these things, but we will do it anyway. It doesn't work that way because God says, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We must take God literally at his word, at his word if we want to see miracles. If we put ifs and buts in there, it won't work. And then we will say, see, I told you, sometimes it isn't God's, it isn't God's will. Because we become self-fulfilling prophecies. But we have to take God literally. We have got to be literalists when it comes to the word of God. And he said, they shall lay hands upon the thing and they, they shall recover. Then it says, so then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right, of, right hand of God. Now, what did they do? 
He says, Jesus spoke these words and he ascended to the right hand of God. Then he says, and they went out and preached everywhere. Why did they go out and preach every, everywhere? Because Jesus said, go into all the world and preach. So they did what Jesus told them to do. Jesus said, go, they went into all the world. They went everywhere and go and pre preach. They preached, they obeyed him. And he says, when they did that, it says the Lord kept working with them and confirming the word with the signs that accompanied it. Beloved, there's two things I want to point out. Firstly, signs and wonders and miracles follow the gospel message. Signs and wonders and miracles are connected to the gospel message. Jesus said, the signs shall follow us when we preach the gospel. Because signs and wonders and miracles, they actually confirm the gospel message. These are, the, these are things we must remember. If you want to see miracles, because Jesus, you see, when he died, miracles come from the cross. Because Jesus died upon the cross for sinners. And he bore the, our diseases. He carried our sins. He carried our pains upon his own self. So when we preach the gospel, we are tapping onto God's power source. And when we preach the gospel, the Holy Spirit comes in and God will confirm the gospel message with signs falling. Now, the other thing, the last thing I want to tell you, I remember when I began to pray for the sick and that is when I saw the scripture. You see, I had read the scriptures as a Christian many, many, many times. And sometimes, you know, you and I, we read the Bible and we, we go through scriptures. We know them, but we don't really know them. And then one day when we're reading the word, suddenly the scripture just jumps out. And that's what happened to me when I was reading Mark 16 one day, soon after I had been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And it says, these signs shall follow them that believe. And I thought, these signs shall follow them that believe. I believe, and therefore these signs shall follow me. They shall lay there. So I remember picking up my hands. I said, wow, Lord, I'm a believer, and these signs shall follow me when I preach the gospel. And these two hands of mine, I shall lay them upon the sick, and they shall recover. I remember looking at my hands and saying, I shall lay these hands upon the sick and they shall recover. And it was not pride or thinking I was somebody highfalutin. I was just saying what the Bible said. And that's when I, I, I began to lay my hands upon the sick and I began to look at my hands as being holy. I used to go and, and lift them up in worship. I said, these hands I'm raising up to you. And I ask you to anoint these hands and I would lay my hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Beloved, these are wonderful things that have been given to us. Jesus Christ living in us. That same power with which God raised Jesus from the dead and raised him up and seated at his own right hand side in heavenly places. That same power is at work in you and for you. That immeasurable, limitless power is working in you right now even as I speak. Take a hold of it and step up to who you truly are in Christ Jesus and believe God for great things. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray for their family. I pray for healing in every home, every house. I rebuke and curse every sickness, disease and infirmity in every work of the devil in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for peace in that home and joy and faith in every heart. I ask you to bless them in the name of Jesus. 
Praise God. Now, I'll see you again tomorrow. We'll continue sharing. And right now, I wish you every God's blessing. Be blessed in all things.